Hello and you're very welcome to Maritime Ireland. This is Tom McSweeney with the Maritime Ireland radio show, the programme about Ireland's maritime culture, history, tradition and development. Sustainability is vital for the future of our coastal communities. A 46-year-old barge with a lot of nautical miles under its hull is central to a project that's showing the abilities of local communities to lead the way in developing marine technology. It just highlights the expertise in local communities, and not just Castletown Bear, but all around Ireland. That's one of the core strategies of BIM, which is coastal sustainability. How that barge is also proving itself very important in commercial diving, we'll hear from Shane Begley, Principal of the National Diving and Fisheries College. We'll also discuss the traditional Christmas swims, hear about whales and dolphins, and the concerns of the small boat fishermen. A lot of the smaller boats are marginal at best, and you know they might not be around in five or ten years' time. That's Seamus Bonner, Secretary of the Irish Islands Marine Resource Organisation, known as IMRO. The sea around our coastline, or lakes and rivers, are all part of Ireland's maritime culture, history, tradition and development socially and economically vital to this island nation. And though our connection with the sea is as old as time itself, there is always something new happening in the maritime sector. And so to the story of the 45-year-old barge originally built at the former Verome Cork Dockyard and which went from there to Northern Ireland, back to Dublin Port and from there to Bear Island Boatyard across from Castletown Bear Harbour where she is now the centre of a project of marine innovation which has exciting possibilities. Bordis Kiwara, Bear Island Boatyard and Dairtech Technologies, a company in the maritime sector based at the Beaufort building in Ringeskiddy Cork Harbour, have been working together on this project, which began two years ago, when the barge was bought at Dublin Port and towed to the island boatyard. Shane Begley, Principal of BIM's National Fisheries and Diving College at Castletown Bear in West Cork, a major teaching centre for commercial divers, has been leading the project. Basically, she was built in Verome in 1976. And uh, at that time, she was, she, she was built, uh, she was propelled by two as the, uh, kind of pods at the back, shuttles, they were called. And um, she was used, I suppose... In the latter days of her career, she was used with a, a 72-ton crawler crane on the deck for civil projects um, around Ireland. And uh, we came across her in Dublin Port. So we contacted the owners and purchased it from the owners. And um, we had to do a bit of uh, refurbishment tour to get her through the uh, Department of Transport load line exemption and then towed her down to um, Bear Island. She's now setting maritime headlines. When we went to refurbishment refurbisher, I mean, it was basically to have our own um, diver training platform. So that was 
the whole um, ethos behind getting it. So when we were doing it, um, BIM, we said we'd make it as um, carbon neutral, as green, as we were saying, as we could. And to that end, um, when we started the diving programme initially three and a half years ago, we restarted it. Um, we were using 40 kilowatt diesel generators. We were using um, petrol and diesel compressors. And uh, when we redesigned this, shall we say, um, or refurbished this, we um, converted our compressors to electricity. All the barge lighting system, everything was all kind of cost-saving as we could. And then we put in, in conjunction with our partners uh, for this project, Daretech and Bear Island Boatyard, uh, we put in this hybrid system, which was basically a 50-kilowatt battery and a 40-kilowatt generator. And this was the project to test the viability of this kind of hybrid system in a marine training environment. And... Um, I suppose the picture that's there of the barge in the, the BIM livery in front of the Bear, of Bear Island Boatyard basically captures how important this is. This was all done locally. And it's a major one also in diving technology, which the college, both the fisheries and the National Diving College, effectively teaches because that kind of uh, development is important for underwater work such as diving, isn't it? Particularly the aspect of being able to cut down sound when divers are working. That's correct, Tamia. Um, basically, the, the upside for the actual diving operations is huge because normally you'd have a diesel generator running all the time, never mind what load is on it. You'd have your high-pressure and low-pressure petrol and diesel generators or compressors running. And now what we can do with this technology, it's all done from 70 miles away, or from a laptop 70 miles away. You can time when you want the generator to come on to top up the battery. You can time at what level of battery discharge you want the generator to come on. So what we've been able to do is um, we've been able to time the generator start-up when the diving operations are not being are not being run, so when the diving operations are running, the generator never comes on. Plus the fact you don't have the the uh, carbon emissions associated with a diesel generator, a petrol compressor, and a diesel compressor, um, which obviously have problems for 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 the air that divers would breathe. You know, so it was absolutely fantastic to see the students and instructors on the barge doing the diving operations, which include underwater cutting, burning and welding, and uh, no generator cutting in, no petrol or diesel compressor, everything run by electricity. And it's also becoming of interest to the Stream Project, which is a, a European project involving uh, Swansea University across in Wales, crossing the Irish Sea and bringing communities together to understand the importance um, of maritime biodiversity and the environment. So it's getting recognition way outside of diving that you'd started it on. It is, Tom, yeah, and that's what's important, the communities. Um, we always said in BIM that uh, it wouldn't be used just for diving operations, that we would use it as a platform uh, uh, to, to um, test 
uh, any kind of um, kind of green energy projects that were coming on stream. And you're right, there's this European project called Stream, which is uh, consists basically of Swansea University, um, the Halpin Institute, UCC, and Waterford Institute of Technology. And they have deployed, or will be deploying uh, in the near future now, um, probes and sensors that will measure, um, that they are developing, that will measure water quality, toxins in the water. Um, they're also deploying on the building here. We were going to put it on the barge initially, but we're going to put it on the building here. Um, uh, a met station, a weather station, which will be available to everyone. Businesses, aquaculture, fishing, schools, anybody at all. And, and actually, it will feed into Medairn as well. And um, the, the whole benefit of this is it will benefit the community in so many ways. Um, from the ecological point of view and from the sustainability point of view. Because now we're looking uh, in BIM where we, we can see, right, this may have a major impact on the industry itself going forward, such as the aquaculture or the, the catching sector, the vessels themselves. Um, and indeed, we've had inquiries since we've since the barge has gone on station um, and people have come out and looked at it and said, you know what, it is the way to go. And um, um, you could see in the near future maybe potters and, and larger vessels running on this kind of hybrid system. It's very much a local development, a local maritime development project in Castletown Bear and in involving the company in Cork Harbour. It's very localised production. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we have Bear Island Boatyard, which not only refurbished the barge, but they've been working very, very closely with Dairtech to make the hybrid system work. I mean, the, the, the crux of the problem when we wanted to do this initially was to marry the 50 kilowatt battery with the generator and have it remotely controlled so that the, the divers wouldn't have to do anything. You know, because, and they concentrate on the instruction, the diving instruction. And that's, and between BIM, Bear Island Boatyard, and Dairtech, we made this possible. And it was made possible, like you said, locally. And it just highlights the expertise in local communities, and not just Castletown Bear, but all around Ireland. And BIM, um, that's one of the core kind of, strategies of BIM, which is coastal sustainability and developing coastal sustainability. And this, this barge and this kind of technology hopefully will be front and centre going forward, you know. Shane Begley, Principal of Bordis Kiwara's National Fisheries and Diving College in Castletown Bear, the second fisheries college to be opened after the Greencastle College in County Donegal. And all of that barge project, which he outlined, was carried out for between 350,000 and 400,000 euros. The payback will be over 8 to 10 years, and the lifespan of the barge has been extended by another 20 years for marine development. Great to hear what can be done in local communities.
Christmas is approaching and John Leach, Chief Executive of Water Safety Ireland, joins me to talk about the traditional swims at Christmas time with advice and tips. December is the month of festive fundraising swims where thousands of people will take a brief dip or swim in our invigorating waters to help raise much needed funds for their local or favourite charity. For many, it will be the social highlight of the day meeting friends and family before the Christmas meal at home. Water Safety Ireland encourages people to take these annual dips and swims and have lots of fun. We've learned a lot about the COVID-19 since last year, and that is that outdoor activities are a lot safer than indoor ones. So these swims overall are safe, if managed safely by organisers, and we will still need to follow government guidelines and adhere to any legislation in place over the festive season. Face masks should be worn until you are about to enter the water and you should keep a safe distance from other dippers and swimmers to minimise any opportunity of COVID-19 being transmitted from one swimmer to the next. Our message in brief is get in, get out and warm up. There is advice on tides, weather, water temperature, equipment, clothing, video clips and much, much more at watersafety.ie forward slash open water swimming. Immediately before your swim, you should throw cold water down the back of your neck and ease yourself slowly into the water, introducing your body to the low temperature to help avoid cold shock. Hypothermia can set into your body within a short period, especially if there's a high wind chill factor. This can overwhelm the fittest of swimmers. Be mindful that temperature of the water at this time of the year may be below 6 degrees Celsius in fresh water and 10 degrees Celsius in seawater. Wear a wetsuit and a rough guide for strong swimmers who are feeling well is to double the temperature of the water and that is the maximum time in minutes that you should stay in the water. For instance, 10 degrees Celsius in the water, then a maximum of 20 minutes in the water for you. It is a fallacy. Alcohol will keep you warm when entering the water. In fact, it has the reverse effect and could kill you. No alcohol should be taken before or immediately after your swim. If you see a person in difficulty, do not attempt a rescue for which you are not trained to do. Make use of nearby public rescue equipment such as a ring boy to assist the person in distress. There are specific charity swim guidelines available for organisers at watersafety.ie forward slash charity swim events. But in a nutshell, inform the Gardaí, the Coast Guard and local authority Point a safety officer who will advise those concerned on safety and have the ultimate responsibility for making decisions in relation to the swim, being on or off. Have adequate lifeguard and safety boat cover as necessary, depending on your numbers. Ensure that you have safe access and egress with appropriate shallow shelving beaches, steps, slipway or ladders as appropriate. People should be mindful that steps leading into the water might be dangerous due to the increased growth of algae in wintertime. Organisers must ensure that they have them cleaned in advance of the swim. Fancy dress outfits can impair your ability to float, so please do not wear them when in the water. So enjoy your Christmas swim safely and have lots of fun and enjoy the sociability of the event.
the common fisheries policy, so much criticised for the restrictions it has put on the Irish fishing industry, has been given another strong rejection, this time by the organisation representing thousands of small-scale fishermen across Europe. They say it's failing to achieve its socio-economic and environmental objectives due to systemic failure. Seamus Bonner, Secretary of the Irish Islands Marine Resource Organisation, has been elected to the board of the Low Impact Fishers of Europe. That group is called LIFE, and it has called for major changes in the policy, and that came from its General Assembly, at which 26 organisations from 15 countries were represented. What's common across a lot of the European countries is access to the fishing resource is not there for the smaller boats. Um, and we've had a recent example in Ireland um, with the closure of the line caught mackerel fishery in June of this year, um, which means that a lot of the smaller boats, which would have fished them in the summer and lent them into tourist um, restaurants and that, weren't able to catch um, mackerel this year. Uh, from from when the they usually come in, so that was a big a big blow. Um, there's only a very small amount of um, mackerel quota allocated to the um, the line cod fishery. It's it's 400 tons at the moment, um, whereas there's about 60,000 tons um, allocated to a small number of, of bigger boats. Smaller boats, Seamus, are very important to island and coastal communities, but you're particularly speaking for IMRO, and they're very important to the islands, the small boats. They are, you know, they're essential, really. Um, the majority of the fleet in Ireland and elsewhere, really, is small boats. Um, you know, there'd be one or two crew. They're usually um, crewed by family members, the skippers generally on board, and, you know, they land their catch. Um, onto the islands in our case um, every day so it's it's a small operation but it's really important for the you know the economies on the islands um, where they're given a bit of extra income to families to enable them to stay on the islands um, all year round so we don't have probably the same employment opportunities as you would in, in coastal areas but I mean small boats are important across the board, really. Isn't the point being made that this is sustainable fishing as as life views it? Yeah, uh, life is low-impact fishers of Europe, but yeah, the, the, they're making the case, and Emro have been making the case for a good number of years now, that we need a, a sort of differentiated approach, that the one-size rule isn't really working at the moment. So we need to, to change the policy, basically, um, to allow for smaller boats access to the, it is a public resource um, fisheries quota in this country. So we need to have a, a look at how to do it, um, that it's fair for everyone. And what we've been calling for in the last um, number of years is um, a public consultation. Um, it links back to our um, work on the Heritage Licence Bill that um, we had uh, in the last all and it's currently at the second uh, stage of the committee in the current all and um, everybody will have a, a chance to have their say in a public consultation and um, 
it, it, it will take time, but I think it needs to start now because at the, if it's left to go, um, a lot of the smaller boats are, are you know, marginal at best and you know, they might not be around in five or ten years' time. A salutary warning there from Seamus Bonner, Secretary of the Irish Islands Marine Resource Organisation, who lives on Aranmore Island. And from where we move to the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group, and are joined by Padraig Hooley, the group's sightings officer, with the latest news about whales and dolphins on the Irish coastline. During 2021, the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group received and validated around 2,500 cetacean and bashing shark sighting records. This represents a 28% increase on 2020 and the highest level of reporting ever achieved by IWDG. The two most likely contributing factors in this are the group's new reporting app, which was launched in early 2021, which introduced biological recording to a whole new audience of citizen scientists. But it's difficult to rule out the influence of a good summer and a rather benign autumn, all of which resulted in calmer seas and better viewing conditions, which means more sighting reports from the public. Sightings ramped up fast during spring, peaking in July and August, and slowly tapered off in autumn. Over the 12 months, we confirmed 13 species, 11 of which were cetaceans, or whales, dolphins and porpoises to you and me. But as always, there was a strong showing of the planet's second largest fish, the planktivorous basking shark, with 138 sighting reports, which represented a 45% increase in sightings and a 31% increase in numbers counted on the previous year. Who could forget the mesmerising footage captured by colleague Dr Simon Barrow of large aggregations of basking sharks off West Clare throughout August and September, culminating in some staggering estimates of between 60 to 80 sharks off the Kilkee area. During the year, we also documented marine reptiles such as the giant leatherback turtle and, of course, our wayward walrus, who intrigued everyone with his travel arrangements that took him as far south as Bilbao and Spain and as far north as southeastern Iceland. We wonder where he is now, but hope he's back in more familiar Arctic territory. Among the cetaceans in this year's roundup, we have everything from our smallest, the harbour porpoise, seen in big numbers along the east coast, to the planet's largest animal, the mighty blue whale, photographed by Declan Horn of the Marine Institute off the west coast, some 330 kilometres off Sline Head. There were deep divers such as longfin pilot whales and the canyon systems off the shelf edge and of course the usual suspects who frequent our shallow shelf waters and quite often come within binocular and scoping range of our headlands. Our most frequently reported species was the bottlenose dolphin, which is unusual as the first place is almost always claimed by harbour porpoises. The big increase in bottlenose sighting records from the North Antrim coast was likely to be a factor in their top ranking in 2021. So a big call out to all the boat operators on the North Coast Boating WhatsApp group for sharing their regular encounters with us. Most people's favourite whale, the humpback, appeared very early with our first record on St. Patrick's Day from Ardmore Bay, County Waterford. But he started to appear regularly in West Kerry from mid-April and in West Cork a few weeks later. The Irish humpback whale catalogue grew to 116 animals and of the 34 animals photo identified, six were new and previously undocumented in Irish waters. Perhaps our most significant international humpback match 
was of number 43, photographed in August 21st off Storfjorden Svalbard in Norway's far northern territory. We documented it on four occasions between April 27th and June the 7th, suggesting it travelled a minimum of 3,800 kilometres over a 75-day period, a daily average of 50 kilometres. This sighting puts it around 900 kilometres north of our previous high-latitude match and is our only humpback to be recorded in what we term the High Arctic. As I speak, there are areas along the south coast enjoying near daily fin whale sightings, as well as some late-season humpback activity. So if you can make the most of the often elusive weather windows over the coming winter months, there are plenty of opportunities for enthusiasts to head to the coast and view some fantastic world-class whale activity even in the depths of an Irish winter. Enjoy your sighting and please do remember to report them to us. This is Pori Cooley of IWDG wishing everyone a happy Christmas and a blubber-rich 2022. Pori Cooley of the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group bringing us to the end of this edition of the Maritime Ireland Radio Show, which is broadcast on 18 local community radio stations around Ireland, helping to build the maritime community. And the stations are in Cork on CRY 104FM Yall, West Cork FM, Bear Island Radio and UCC Radio. In Dublin on Near FM, Dublin City FM, Liffey Sound and Dublin South. In Galway on Connemara Community Radio and Kinvara FM. On Dundalk FM, Athlone Community Radio, Kilkenny City Radio and in Mayo on Community Radio Castle Bar and Eris FM Belmollet. On South West Clare Radio, that's Radio Kirk of Boschkeen, on West Limerick 102 FM and Tip Midwest Radio in Tipperary. There are podcasts on Apple, Mixcloud, Spotify and the marinetimes.ie. And, of course, wherever you're listening, on your favourite podcast source. Wherever you've been listening, thank you for being part of the Maritime community. Your views on any item in the programme are most welcome. Email to maritimeirelandradioshow at gmail.com. That's maritimeirelandradioshow at gmail.com. And the website is tommacsweeneymarine.ie. That's tommacsweeneymarine.ie. Phone and text 0872 555 197. That's 0872 555 197. Sound supervision on the programme by Justin Marr. And there's more marine news on Twitter. And please do remember, the maritime sector in Ireland really does matter. Until our next programme, the usual wish of fair sailing. <laughs>